Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. This episode is brought to you by AFCO. Family owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements and help you weather any day on the water. From cold tournament mornings to the humid summers in Florida, our products are built to handle the extreme. We are proud to hear customer stories about the 20-plus year life cycle of the AFCO products. Visit AFCO.com. That's A-F-T-C-O.com for on-the-water performance gear. And also brought to you by United Bank. United Bank knows what an important role agriculture plays in our local economy. At United Bank, they are here to support local farmers with financial products and services designed specifically for agribusiness, including real loans for farmland, equipment loans, working line of credit, and more. Truth is, they deeply value the contribution agriculture plays to our community, and they help our local farmers build successful businesses. They want to see you succeed. Learn more at unitedbank.com or stop by any United Bank branch. United Bank, all loans subject to credit approval, equal housing opportunity lender, member FDIC. What's up, guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having a, a great week around the state of Alabama or wherever you're listening. And we have got rain this week every single place except my house. My grass is dying, my shrubs are dying, and I can sit on my porch and watch these rainstorms all around me, a half a mile from the house be pouring down. I can't get any rain. But I know that a lot of our lakes are getting some rain right now. I know that that's increasing the current it's coloring the water up a little bit i don't know man i think it's going to be a good report this week so i'm anxious to see uh what the rain has done to our lakes and how they're fishing so hey let's get to our first segment and my man tony adams and you follow one of my favorite guys to have on the show what's going on tony man just enjoying these rain showers in the afternoon and you know one thing i don't like about that seems like i have to cut grass about every three days i'm the opposite <laughs> i ain't cut grass four times this year my lawnmower sitting down there yeah. with a flat tire and i don't even care <laughs> well you know about every three four days you have to cut grass i mean it just seems like it pops up overnight but you know these rain showers are really nice. It kind of cools things off where it's heated up all day. And like, like you were saying, I mean, you know, it's keeping fresh water in the, in the lake. You know, we've got a full pool now. The water color is, you know, is, is a good color. And, you know, they're, they're not generating a lot, but I mean, they, you know, they can generate without having big drop down in the lake due to the, to the afternoon showers. Well, I don't know how you got time to cut grass because the pictures you just sent me, <laughs> you ain't been doing, you ain't been cutting a lot of grass. You've been fishing. <laughs> My goodness, man, you are just like always, you're killing them. Golly, not just, not just the numbers, but the size of the fish, how healthy they look. Man, the crappie are on fire down there right now. Yes, sir. The crappie's doing good. They're, they're really doing the best, you know, early in the morning, you know, before it really gets too hot. and then, late in the afternoons, you know, kind of when it, when it cools off a little bit. Now you'll still see a lot of tons of fish middle of the day, you know, they'll be down, you know, in that deeper water, uh, the bite's a little tougher cause you've got so many shad on the lake. Like I said, we've got the last year's shad that due to the cold weather that didn't all die, 
And then we also had the new hatch. So we've got probably twice as many shad on the lake that, than what we should have. But you can sit there on those brush piles and on that mega live, you can sit there and just, you can see the crappie there and you just see the bait balls come in. Every once in a while, you'll see a crappie come up and, you know, hit one. You can take your minnow, your jig, drop it down in there, you know, lift it up. Sometimes they'll chase it up. Sometimes they'll hit it. Sometimes they'll turn around. But, you know, like I say, you know, this time of the year, you know, I pull up to those brush piles. I'll fish it for about 10 minutes. You know, about 10 minutes, if, you know, if they hadn't done anything, I'll move on to the next one. That first 10 minutes is, you know, is when you're going to get your, your bite and fish to bite. Um, and then after that, you know, I, I move on. Well, you sent me a picture. One of the pictures you sent was of your mega live and incredible picture. We'll post it on our, on our social media website, but it's unbelievable, man. I mean, seven, it looks like it was about 17 foot. It was tree, uh, tree top. And I don't know how many crappies on it, but it's covered up with fish. It is. They'll get all around it and all up under, you know, they're just, they're getting out of that sun. You know, like I say, there's, it, it's amazing, you know, to watch those fish and how they act on the mega live. Like I say, you can drop it down there, pull it up. They'll follow it up. Sometimes there's two or three that follows up. Sometimes you'll drop it down there and they come out of that brush pile. Like they're going to just hammer it just as hard as they can hammer it. And they get right there to it and they may go back. But you know, like I say, it's, it is a game changer, you know, having, knowing that there's fish there, seeing them swim, you know, seeing them, you know, you can even catch, see them hit the jig or the minna, uh, and then watching them come up. It, it, it is, it's became a game changer. And like I say that there's tons of trees, a lot of natural trees has got tons of fish laying, I mean, just all in the limbs, you know, on the tree itself and even on the stump ball. Oh yeah, they're all around that stump ball on this picture, and I mean, there's probably a hundred fish on this. It's got to be close. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of them on it. Yes, sir. So, are you locating the brush piles with side imaging and then going to Mega Live? Kind of, how do you? Are you using down imaging any, or are you just mainly using side and Mega? Well, if I'm locating new structure, you know, then I'll use side imaging. You know, I'll ride my my fingers or my drop offs. You know, and I'll just shoot my side, and then I'll mark the spot. After I mark it, then, you know, I'd go to a a three screen, which has got my down, my side, and my map. So my map kind of gets me back to the waypoint, and my side imaging kind of shows, you know, side to side, and my down imaging is showing me right up under it. So as soon as I go past it, based on which way that wind's blowing, so... If the wind was blowing out of the south, you know, if I was coming from the north, going back to the south, I will go a little past that structure. I still throw out a buoy. I don't have to. I go past it just a little bit, and I throw a buoy out. That buoy kind of tells me the general area where the fish are. Then I turn back around, and I take my trolling motor, drop it, you know, spot lock it, turn on my, my Mega Live, and then... I've got mine on a on a handle that I take and rotate, kind of like a bicycle, really. You know, you just take it, and then when you see the pile, you know, I'll just ease over to it, and then you know, I start fishing the pile. Mm. Man, that's uh, it's it's impressive, that's for sure. And, and how you're catching them, you know, so many times crappie fishermen are. We've talked about this on here a lot. Me and you have. I mean, you know, a lot of crappie fishermen they fish in the spring, they fish in the winter. 
and they're like, man, summertime's just dead for crappie fishing. But those suckers eat, man. They eat just like we do. They they want to eat all day, you know, at least a couple times a day, uh, all year long. And, and it's just a matter of finding where they are and 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 presenting it the way they want it presented. And, and you've you're definitely a professional at that. Are you still fishing jigs right now? Is there a difference in fishing jigs and shiners this time of year as far as uh, the numbers you're catching, or is it pretty much doesn't matter just getting it in front of the fish? Yeah, it really doesn't matter. It's all dependent on who my clients are. Most of my clients, but probably 85% of my clients, they like the minnow fish. So, you know, it may be granddad, you know, taking his grandson or, or daddy and son, and that's the way they've always done it. And that's the way they want to fish for them. I do have some some clients that wants to jig fish, but they will hit either way. The only thing about minnow fishing, you know, I can drop at the front of the boat. I can have one person fishing on the right and one fishing on the left. And they could fish, you know, we fish with three rods. So, you know, one may be eight, one may be 10, one may be 12 foot deep to find that magic place where they, you know, what depth they want. Or it may be 12, 14, 16. Then after you find that magic depth, you can drop all three rods down. If you're going to use the Mega Live and watch your, watch your bite, then you're pretty much fishing with just one rod. I fish with a with a 10-foot, and I, you know, I fish, and you can kind of do whatever you want to, but I like 10-foot because it's kind of easy to judge your depth. But, you know, I do the, you know, the BM, B&M Duck, Duck Commander, or I do the Diamond Series. They're real ultralight sensitivity is really good so when you see that little twitch on, on the end of that rod you know one's hit it but but i drop it right down in the brush pile i usually let it sit there for you know if i fish a mega live let it sit there for just a couple seconds and then i just take it and just kind of pull it up real slow and usually you're going to see those fish come out of that brush pile and going to follow it well most of the time the way i catch them i don't stop it i keep pulling it you know just pulling it up real slow, and they'll come up and hit it. A lot of times when you pause it, they turn around and they go back to the brush pile. Hmm. That's kind of opposite of what I thought. I would have thought when you, you start pulling up and you see them following it, if, they, if, you, if you stop it or if you drop it, you know, they, they, then it looks like more of a dying minna and that they would attack it there. But when, once they get started following it, they want to keep going. They, they want to come after it, yes, sir. They've already committed at that point. That's right. And everyone don't hit it. They may follow it up four, five, six foot, you know, from the bottom up. And then, the, you know, they may just go right back down. But most of the times when I pause it, that's when they'll stop and they'll go back down. But, you know, they're, you know, and then sometimes you can just take it and lift it in the brush pile about two foot and then let it fall back down and then lift it back up. But most of the ones that I catch is, it, you know, it's it's coming up is the ones that's hitting it. What's your favorite time of year to crappie fish? Well, I love the spawn, which, you know, the spawn is usually, you know, end of February, March. I also like like it in May, right after they get finished spawning, and they, they leave the banks and they start going to those, those brush piles because most of those fish has been up there spawning, you know, for a week, two weeks. They've used all the energy. You know, they're coming off that spawn. They're going back to those brush piles, and, I mean, so they get super hungry when they go back to those brush piles. So my favorite time is probably end of April, end of May. Yeah, after they're coming off the bed. Right. And they're hungry. They're getting back out there and feeding back up. 
And other times I like, you know, it's like October, November. The reason I like October, November, a lot of those fish that time of the year, and sometimes it may go first of December, a lot of those fish are feeding up for the winter. So, you know, they're, they're trying to put on body weight, you know, for the winter because, you know, they're not as active during the winter. You know, they may sit on one brush pile and they may not, they not use hardly energy, any energy at all. Just sit there and just kind of, you know, wake back and forth. They're not, not real aggressive. You can still catch them, but you've got to drop it right down on top of them to catch them. Yeah. So I'd, I'd say, I'd say May, October, November would be my favorite month. Good gracious, man. You, you show catching them. That's some, that's some, uh, good pictures you sent there and, and, uh, that's a lot of fun, man. I know your clients always leave there with a smile on their face and a uh, and some good fillets. Yes, sir. That's some fine eating. Some real good. No doubt about it. Well, if man, what's your tip of the day? If somebody's coming this weekend down to Ufala, going to do some crappie fishing, what would your tip be? What do they need to concentrate on? Well, what I would do is, I, you know, find your structure. I'd pull up, fish at 10 minutes, and move to the next spot. Don't spend too much time on one spot. Don't spend too much time on one spot. That's a great tip, man. Well, hey, look, I know that you stay incredibly booked up. I don't know how far you out right now, but guys, if you're listening, if you want to show enough, have a day of crappie fishing and learn a tremendous amount, I mean, what's the best way for them to contact you? Because I'm going to tell you guys, if you listen, if you're going thinking about booking, you need to go on and book with Tony now. Cause, uh, he, he's one of the most sought after guys to, to get a trip with that there is. So what's the best way for them to contact Tony? Uh, they can look me up on Facebook. You know, it's Tony Adams and you fall Alabama or either they can call me on my cell three, three, four, six, nine, five, three, zero, zero, three. Good stuff, man. Y'all give Tony a call and uh, get down there and enjoy, enjoy what Lake Ufala has to offer with the crappie fishing because it is exceptional. All right, brother. Thank you, man. We appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you, brother. All right. Thank you. All right, guys, let's take a few more minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing that nothing says no to fish bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation. So grab some fish bites and get busy casting because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for fish bites or fish club lures or visit fishbites.com. Also brought to you by LM Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. LM Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. What a great segment uh, with Tony. Y'all give him a call, man. This this guy, I, I it's ridiculous, these pictures he sends me, and uh, I don't think anybody can 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 do what this guy does down there and you follow with crappie that's for sure it is unbelievable but hey let's go from south part of state 
all the way to the north part of the state at Gunnerville with my man, Alex Davis. Alex, what's going on, buddy? It's been a minute. It has been a minute. I've been, uh, I've been busy. I've been to Florida. I've been to New York. I've been back home. Now I'm back in New York again. So I've been a little bit everywhere. Man, you are, you are all over. I'm hoping that's a good thing. I hope you're having a great year. Yeah, I am. Uh, I actually thought it was like the worst year I've ever had. That's what it felt like. But I, uh, the best finish I've had in the points, what used to be FLW is now the MLF Pro Circuit. It's the best year I've had in points. So it's actually turned out real well. Man, that's awesome. Good for you. And you're up on the St. Lawrence right now? Yeah, I'm actually, uh, I flew into Syracuse today and then I'm going to uh, go fish Lake Ontario for a few days. And then our tournament will start on for the St. Lawrence. It'll start, practice starts Saturday for it. Well, good luck in that. You know, I, I've had some guys on some other guys on here recently that have been up and fishing Lake Ontario and the St. Lawrence and, and, and they're guys who have never had, it was their first time ever going up there. They go, you know, they were going up there blind and, and they're like, Brian, man, you, you just can't imagine the fishery. This is up here. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely amazing. It's uh for a guy from the South, when he comes up here, it's a little intimidating. The waves are really big. The water is really big. You, sometimes you can't see land, but when you start catching them, it's like a three pounder. You get to where you just you catch three pound smallmouth, and you're like that little baby. You know that little baby. I caught another baby, and you know at home you catch a three pounder and you're giddy. So yeah, that's just it's unbelievable. That's what they were saying too. They were like, man, the number of three pounders you catch is just just exactly what you said. It's like you just you don't even think twice. You don't even look at it get him off the hook and get it back in there. They had that tournament up there. Uh, what, what tournament was it? The, uh, was it major league or the elite? I can't remember which the one elite. it was. Not, yeah. The elite yep. man, the weights for that tournament were unbelievable. Yeah. They smashed them. Yeah, they definitely did. Well, I, well, good luck to you, uh, this coming week, uh, weekend for sure. And, uh, I know you'll do well. But let's talk about Gunnersville a little bit. I know you've, I know you've been out of town. You've been traveling a lot, but you have, have been back and, and been able to fish your home lake Gunnersville there some. So, what's things doing there right now? It was really good. They was biting up into the day, and then when they, we had that one like extreme, extreme hot stretch. I mean, it's been hot, but we had like the first huge wave of like the extreme heat. Water hit like ninety. And when that happened for me, it just shut them down. It seemed like it was all of a sudden, uh, you know, first thing in the morning for the first hour and a half, two hours, and then right there in the evening and into the night. If you're a nighttime fisherman, I think now's the time to do it. It seems like that's the night bite gets really good when the daytime fishing starts getting bad. And uh, so I, I believe the nighttime is kind of where it's at right now or, you know, get up early or go right there before it gets dark. Fishing the same places that we was initially catching them, you know, fishing, fishing grass, either outside grass lines or little, you know, small little patches of it, throwing just a old monster worm or a speed worm. You talking about at night? Uh, no, during the day. At nighttime, okay. same thing okay. works. Except for at, at the nighttime, I'd also always throw a spinnerbait. It's just hard not to throw a big spinnerbait at nighttime, but uh, I always felt like I catch more on a worm at night than I do on a spinnerbait, except for the spinnerbait's just a whole lot more fun. It's just a lot more fun. Yeah. So at night, let's talk about that for just a minute. So, you know, when I think about night fishing or a, a lot of people you talk to, especially down on Lake Martin and Logan and places like that, 
they're mainly fishing docks and they're looking for the yellow light, the green lights that people have on their docks. And, but are you fishing docks at night in Gunnersville? Are you fishing the same way you generally fish in the daytime? I fish the same way I do in the daytime. I, I just fish the same exact areas. I actually don't really change anything up. That's just where they live. It's just, they seem like they want to bite better at nighttime. So you just kind of have to, you have to almost do what they want to do. I know it's not always what you, what you want to do as a fisherman, but sometimes you just have to. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. Are the fish in Gunnersville right now, are you, and, and you talked about outside grass lines and stuff like that at certain point of the year in the summer, you know, we always think about fish moving out deeper water ledges, but the last few years, it seems like the ledge fishing maybe has, has gone down a little bit, not just there, but in most of our lakes across the state from what I hear, and, and people are coming back in, even in this heat that we're having now, and they're still coming up and fishing that grass and fishing maybe a little bit shallower than than you think they would at that time. Is that is that accurate? I don't think the ledge fishing's worse than it was. I think we have so much more pressure now. Mm, yeah but when you put that much pressure you just make them smart it it doesn't matter if everyone in the lake only fish shallow and no one fish deep we would say the ledge fishing's as good as it's ever been just because no one would be doing it uh the last few years you know ledge fishing's become more popular and more popular and people are getting you know they're they're using side imaging a lot more and they're getting out there and they're doing it a lot more which is great but it makes them a lot smarter. Your what now is community holes used to be sneaky places, and now everybody and their brother fishes them. So now you either have to have a bait that someone doesn't have, which is almost impossible, or hit them when they're pulling water, which is the best case scenario, which they haven't pulled a lot of current this year. And I don't understand that because it's been hotter than it ever has. So you would feel that they would be pulling water, but they really not. So I just think the the grass bites better because more people are out on the ledges and the grass fishing is getting less pressure. Man, that makes total sense. Yeah, several of the other people I've talked to in the last few weeks, they're, they're saying the same thing. They're like, man, we, you know, we're not saying we don't fish ledges anymore, but we're kind of hitting that grass and staying on it as long as we can throughout the day. And, you know, early mornings, late evenings and middle of the day doing something different, going to the house. Yeah, I've been fishing. Uh, I mean, I've just been fishing the grass a lot more, and it seems it seems like it's been paying off really well for me. So I'm I'm just going to kind of stick stick with doing it. And it's I like fishing grass a lot because you don't deal with people. You know, you don't feel like someone just fished it before you did, or uh, you know, the place has been beat to death. Right. It's kind of you know, especially with the heat of the summer, we don't have a lot of people fishing right now. It seems like most people are just staying home. So it's actually given the lake a, a, a pretty good rest. And when it gives the lake a rest, it gives the, the grass a rest. So you, you almost get to fish places for the first time of the day about everywhere you go, which is really nice. It, it makes it, it just makes for an overall better, better experience. Yeah, absolutely. And so when you're fishing grass this time of year, kind of what some of your go-to baits, I mean, are you looking for, I mean, you mentioned the outside edge, Are you looking for grass in a certain depth? Kind of what are you looking for and how are you catching them? I like that grass in that 7 to 10 foot, just where it makes a nice hard edge in 7 to 10 foot. 
it seems like that's where the concentration of fish are. That's where a lot of the bait is, the brim, uh, what little shad is up shallow. It seems like they're about, they're out a little bit deeper in the grass, uh, as far as that goes. So, and I, I kind of keep it simple. I throw, um, like a, a Zumo monster and, uh, a speed worm and then a Cinco. If I need to really, really slow down and wait with a Cinco or just put a really light weight just to fish slow. But that's all I've really been doing. It, top water, that seems like it's hit or miss, and it's also hit or miss on how much float meal grass is on the lake that day. Right. Talk to me about the speed worm. How do you, what's, what's different about the speed worm? We don't hear a lot about it. We've started hearing more about it. What's the difference in the speed worm than, you know, let's say a Texas rig and, you know, fishing that big zone? Uh, well, it, it all, I think it actually all started when I first moved to the lake you know, a thing that everyone did was they'd throw a, a Zumo monster and they'd put like a really small weight, like an eighth or a three sixteenth, and they just throw it and reel it. And that's how, I don't mean, I don't know how many fish I caught doing that. And then, you know, the speed worm kind of, it, it's a popular technique in Florida and it just has a little bit different tail. So, you know, the Zumo monster has a, it's a really big profile bait, has a big tail. Um, it looks big in the water. And then when you put a speed worm on, you do the same thing. You just put on a lightweight and throw it out there and you just reel it in. It just has a, it has a little bit smaller of a profile. I feel like you just get more bites from all kinds of fish. You know, a, a, an eight incher will bite it. Whereas an eight incher tries to bite a 10 inch Zumo monster and he grabs the tail of it a lot and you miss him. So it's not a new technique. Like I said, people have been swimming a, a, a big, a big old monster for years and years and years. It's just a, a new worm that's kind of taking its place. You don't hear about people swimming a Zumo monster anymore. You just hear about them throwing a speed worm. When you're fishing that speed worm, are you trying to, are you fishing it, say, through the middle of the water column, or are you still trying to get it down to the bottom and then just reeling? You're just, it's almost like you're doing it like you would a chatterbait or a rattle trap. Or okay. You just want it to, just want it to tick the grass. You just want to get in the grass, reel it, pop it loose, keep reeling it. I mean, it's, it's just like throwing a chatterbait or a, a rattle trap in the spring, except for now you have a worm doing it. Man, that's awesome. I like it. That sounds like a, that's a little, little more fun way to fish too. A little more, a little more fast paced. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. Which we all like, or I do anyway. Yeah. I, I like to be able to speed up a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. What man, this weekend, what's your uh, secret going into the weekend, man? You got any? What's your plan other than to catch a whole bunch of big small mouth? Um, I'm gonna probably drop shot and drop shot and drop shot and drop shot some more. That seems like the you know, that's the best way here to catch them. So that's what I will be doing is throwing a drop shot. I hear you. When you go up to a big body of water like that that you're you know, I mean I know you've been up there several times. It can be a little overwhelming, I would think, to go to such a big body of water that's that's different. Yeah, it, it can. I mean, it, it's the same old, same old, same old. You're you're fishing points. You're fishing deep humps. I mean, it, it's no different. It's I, I tell people it's like ledge fishing at Gunnersville or fishing grass. You're just doing it in 25 to 30 foot, and there's boulders instead of uh, grass. So it's very similar. Um, I think a lot of times we try to uh, overthink it a lot. So that that's what we get for overthinking, I believe. Right. So you go up there and you're just you're looking at your map and and the contours and and that's kind of where you start and then you just go looking yeah I, I try to try to keep it as simple as possible yeah well good luck up there this weekend man i i hope you do well i know you will before i let you go i got to get a tip of the day from you for gunnelsville though so if somebody's coming up this weekend 
What would your tip of the day be? Uh, my tip would be swim a worm and get there as early as you humanly can. Earlier the better. Beat the heat, and seems like that's when the best fishing's happening. So that would be my tip. Get out there. Get out there at daylight. Good stuff, man. Well, I know you're. I know you're doing a lot of fishing out of town right now, but I know you, you you'll be back and you'll be booking trips. So if somebody wants to book a trip with you, come get in the boat learn a lot, see a lot, and catch a lot of fish. What's the best way for them to contact you, Alex? Um, you can contact me at uh, spinnerbaitkid at gmail.com, or you can uh, give me a message on Instagram or Facebook, or you can just text me 256-298-1178. I, I kinda, I, I'm, I'm a little bit everywhere. Good stuff. Are you, is, your, is it Spinnerbait Kid on your Facebook page as well? Uh, no, it's actually Alex Davis Fishing. So my spinner, uh, my uh, my uh, Instagram and Facebook is uh, Alex Davis Fishing. Good stuff, man. All right. We appreciate it, man. Good luck to you this weekend. All right. Thank you so much. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. Stay safe. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, guys. Let's take a few minutes and hear from some more of this week's sponsors. This week's episode is brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. Since 1989, Southeastern Pond Management has been a leader in pond and lake management services. If you own a pond or a lake anywhere in the Southeast, Southeastern Pond Management can evaluate the health of your pond and then work with you individually to put together the right plan to get what you want out of your body of water. Through electrofishing, liming, fertilizing, and weed control, Southeastern Pond Management is the one-stop shop to help you produce more healthy trophy fish than ever before. And if you're interested in building a new pond or lake, give these guys a call to help evaluate your land and design the best possible body of water for you. If you're anywhere in the Southeast, schedule an obligation-free consulting with one of their biologists by calling 1-888-830-POND or check them out on sepond.com. And by Baker's Metalworks and Dixie Supply. Baker Metal Works and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metalworks and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Love having Alex on here, man. What a what a wealth of knowledge that guy is, and an incredible fisherman. Y'all give him a call, book a trip with him. Guarantee you won't regret it. So let's, uh, man, let's come back down, and man, we can talk about the Kusa. We can talk about a lot of things with this next segment. Uh, one I always look forward to because I love my kayak, my kayak fishing. But let's talk about kayak fishing with my man, Brandon Watson. What's going on, Brandon? All the much, brother. How are you? Man, I'm hot. Uh, I'm tired <laughs> of summertime. I'm ready for some cooler weather. Uh, I'm ready for it to uh, rain somewhere uh, I'm re- at my house instead of everywhere around my house. I hear you, man. I hear you. It is hot and uh no, it's it's that time of year. We're about to get is. into the we're about to get into the fall transition with these fish. You know, it's about probably about a month or month and a half out. You know, things start heating back up and they start cooling off. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right, man. The fish you get, the fishing will get, uh, at least better on the fishermen anyway. And, but you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people, Brandon, that, I mean, you know, just depending where you are, I know some people are challenged right now. Some people are doing better at night, but you know, I've talked to some people lately that have been going back up in these creeks, Yeah, you know, and finding some cooler water actually. And catching a lot of fish, man. I mean, is that kind of, I mean, you're a kayak guy. Is that kind of the approach that you take this year, this time of year is, Hey, let's, let's get back way back up in these creeks off these main lakes and, and see if we can find some, some cooler water and some grass and lily pads. And is that kind of your approach or am I missing it right there? So there's really, for me personally, there's two approaches that you can take this time of year one of them being like you said to get way back in the creeks like i'm talking about skinny water this is the time of year where kayaks really shine because you can get in that skinny moving water it's uh, got plenty of oxygen in it and it's cooler than the main lake and those fish migrate back in there and uh and they remain active um but the other thing that you can do this time of year and it's something that I, that i like to do is uh go find the thickest, nastiest vegetation I can find and fish that if you're, if you want to be on more of a main lake, uh, deal. When you're, you know, this is something that I have not tried yet in my kayak. Not that I would, I just haven't yet, but you know, when you find these thick grass mats, I mean, that's flipping, that's flipping territory. Uh, busting those mats with these jigs. I mean, are you able to, to comfortably do that? In your kayak, I mean, it's just, you need to be standing up to flip. You need to be standing up to flip. And, uh, you know, like I've told everybody before on the podcast, uh, I fish out of a Hobie Pro Angler 14, and uh, it's a great platform for flipping. You can stand up and walk around on the thing and not have any problems. So it's awesome for flipping. That's good, man. They, they, are. they are. They are incredibly sturdy. I don't have the Pro Angler. I have a Hobie. I love it. But uh, that pro angler is even, it definitely even got a little bit more stability than mine does. Just a little, and I could do it in mine, Brandon, I feel like, but maybe a little, little squirrely there at times setting the hook maybe. But, uh, but with that pro angler, man, they have really perfected this thing to make it stable. Yeah, and they have. And then even on less stable kayaks, if you actually get over, like, say, you're a flipping matted hydrilla or, uh, millful, it, it actually gives a little bit of stability to the kayak if you're over on top of it. Mm, now, right. flip side of that is you're in trouble if you fall out into that stuff. So proceed with caution <laughs> there. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I can see that for sure. It'd be hard to get lost in all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, some of that stuff is you know topped out and matted up, and it could be six, seven, eight feet deep underneath it. And, you know, if it's over your head, that stuff, I mean, I've literally heard of people drowning on gunners holes from falling out. I mean, of a bass boat and falling into the thick grass and not being able to get back up. Good gracious, man. It's, it's been several years ago, but I saved a guy on gunners hole one night. He was sitting on the end of a dock and uh, he had had a little bit too much to drink and he fell off the end of the dock into that thick grass and he couldn't get back up on the dock because the grass was holding him down. And I ran out to the end of the dock and pulled him up. Good gracious. Yeah, that's a little scary. 
Yeah, I mean, it is. You know, I, I think a lot of people might not think of that, but, you know, if you're going to be out there in that thick stuff, just be aware of that. Yeah, something to be aware of for sure. Let me ask you this about creeks. Let's get back to that for a minute. So, right. you know, a lot, you know, this, this time of year, you know, everywhere but my house in Alabama is getting these rain showers, these afternoon thunderstorms. These creeks, that creates, you know, creates some flow, but it also stains the water up or muddies the water up. When you're fishing these creeks, are you, do you prefer, uh, are you looking for cleaner water or are you perfectly happy with the, 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 the colored, more stained, muddier water? If I have my preference, I like clear water in a creek. The way I like to fish creeks, I, I definitely prefer clean, clear water. You can, I mean, you can catch fish with the muddy water. You just, I mean, they're still there. They still got to eat. You just got to change your tactics up a bit to get those fish to uh, hone it, hone in on your lure. What do you, what do you prefer when you're, you know, creek fishing or river fishing? What's, what's some of your go-to baits this time of year? Oh, I like to throw a very natural colored swim bait with a, or a swim jig, excuse me, with a swim bait trailer. Um, I like it like a mouse or a ghost shad color. And I literally throw it and burn it back as fast as I can. And a lot of these bass in these creeks are spotted bass. And they'll just, you know, you'll hook one and you'll see four or five of them trying to chase it and get it out of its mouth. But I really, I really like throwing that, the swim jig. And then uh, top water. Are you throwing that in the grass or on the edge? I'm, I'm assuming on the edge of the grass. Now, are we talking about creeks or are we talking about grass here? We're talking about creeks, but a lot of the creeks have the grass in them. So for me, like I, I don't hardly fish, uh, grass in creeks. Like I'm fishing, I'm, when I'm talking about kayak fishing in creeks, we're, I'm talking about like getting into the, like the rocky skinny. I gotcha. Current, you know, it's got riffles and shoals and you know, where you're going to, you're going to be getting out and dragging your kayak over rocks and stuff to get to the next pool. Um, I got you. I'm talking yeah. about way up a creek. And so up in there, I mean, you do run into some of the water willow and fish will hang up on the outside. You know, they'll hang out on that outside edge of that stuff. And, you know, for them, that, that same swim jig, you know, just burning it by the edge of the grass. So that'll get those fish to bite. So there's, there's a lot of rivers that, I mean, we got a ton of rivers and creeks that are perfect for kayak fishing throughout Alabama. What's some of your favorite places to go well before we had the big fish kill from the uh from the uh dog food place down there the mulberry fork was really good um i haven't been out there since the fish kill i'm sure there's probably some fish that's starting to make a rebound now the locust fork is probably my one of my favorites uh you can go down on the the coosa river there below jordan dam you know right up above uh, wetumpka that's you can float down through there and there's rapids and shoals and everything that's really good fishing through there you would be really surprised at the quality of fish you can catch out of some really small creeks you know there's a in the kayak fishing community there's a lot of unspoken you know stuff that's not talked about especially in north alabama you get all these creeks flowing into the tennessee river and there's big largemouth that get back way up in those creeks. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I had a guy actually uh, was, uh, he's been on the podcast several times, but he's, he's actually at my house the other day, friends with my son. And, and um, he, he was showing me a picture just of, of two weeks ago 
a fish that a seven and a half pounder that he caught in uh yellow leaf Creek, you know, there off of, of lay Lake. That was, I mean, he was probably four or five miles back up in the yeah, and catching big fish. Yeah. No, those, those big fish this time of year, I mean, you're not going to go up in there and probably, you know, find a, 25 pound or 30 pound bag but you'll you'll run across one every now and then you'll run across a real good fish good deal good deal yeah there's a lot of creeks man and i would do, do you see a lot of um you know i know on on a lot of our our major lakes around the state that we talk about on the podcast on a regular basis there's there's tons of competition i mean there's a lot of people that fish those places i would think that in some of like the the ones that you've named there, there's probably not not that much competition. There's not a whole lot of competition as far as other anglers are concerned. But where you get where you run into problems is a lot of these uh, a lot of people that fish the creeks. Uh, well, I don't say a lot of people. Some people that fish the creeks like to keep what they catch, and the creeks just don't reload like like the lake does. And so somebody could go down through there and in a week clear a creek out. And then it's no good. So there's less pressure on these fish. They're easier to catch if they're there. Right. Right. So are, when you're fishing a creek, got a lot of current. We're talking these shallow creeks, a lot of current, you know, great kayaking, canoeing type creeks. You know, you like you said, there's times you may have to drag your kayak a little while. And then you get to some deeper water. Are you looking to fish? like in in the where you know where maybe the the shallow water and the more of the rapids come off into the deeper water are you looking for boulders um in the deeper water i mean what are you kind of trying to where are you trying to hone in on the fish in the creeks so there's a few different uh scenarios that you run into on the creeks and and the fish you kind of got to go out on a daily basis and see how they're set up just like you would fishing anywhere. But typically what I find on the creeks is at the very top edge of a shoal, that last bit of slack water or where really where the water speeds up, but before it actually hits the shoal, uh, bass like to stack up right there and catch stuff that's the current's bringing by them. Uh, laydowns in the creek is where I've always caught my best fish. Like those, those bigger bass will find a laydown in the water and they'll just camp out on it and they just kind of claim it as their own. And so that's, that's always where you get your better bites. Then at the bottom of the shoals is a really good spot, uh, to catch fish. And then depending on how much rain we have, uh, you know, a lot of times this time of year, we kind of have drought conditions going on in the creeks get really low and then you'll just have these little pools and these little deep pools will just hold tons of fish in them oh yeah i can see that man we we went up to uh the sipsy fort uh kayaking not long ago and i mean it was really really down you'd have to drag your kayak forever and then all of a sudden you'd hit a big hole that would you know and, and that hole may be you know 50 yards 50, 100 yards long of some nice deeper water and then it'd be shallow again. But I, I bet you this time of year, like you said, if you, when you do find them holes, they're stacked up with fish. And, and really, it, it doesn't even have to be a very big hole. As long as it's, you know, 
three to five feet deep. It could be a 10 by 10 square in the middle of the creek, and it can hold 10, 15 fish in there. Do you downsize on the creeks, or are you fishing the same swim jig you'd fish in Gunnersville? Uh, I fish the same swim jig that I fish in Gunnersville. Now, I might trim down my trailer a little bit and make it a little bit shorter, you know, just depending on the quality of fish that I'm in, that I'm, that I've run into. The bottom line is when I'm creek fishing, I just want to go out there and catch a bunch of fish. So that's right. Uh, you know, and, and then, and then too, you can kind of see what kind of, you know, when the clear water's clear like that, you can see what kind of bait fish are swimming around. And I just try to match them. And, you know, they're three to three to four inches long. I try to make my, my swim jig three to four inches long, you know, just match the hatch. That's right. That's right. Good stuff, man. Well, hey, they like the Walker Plopper does really good on the creeks. Like uh, there's tons of people that, uh, kayak guys that throw the Walker Plopper on the creeks, and you know even that big topwater bait. You what know, is the Whopper Flopper? I don't even know what that is. I got to go get one. So the it's a it's a bait made by River to Sea. It's called a Whopper Plopper, and it's just a topwater bait that's got this big propeller tail on the back of it, and when you reel it across the surface it just plops i mean when the first time you cast one out and reel it in you'll know exactly how they came up with the name because <laughs> it makes that sound <laughs> yeah that's good stuff man well hey brandon man i'll let you run i appreciate you being on i always love to get the uh kayak conversation going on here it's the fastest growing probably segment of the fishing sports industry right now and there's a reason why if you, I mean, I'm loving my kayak. I, I, I prefer fishing out of it, uh, a lot of times now. So man, it's a, it's a fun way to fish. And you know, the good thing about it on these creeks in the summertime, there's a lot of shade. So you're getting a little break from the sun. The, the water's usually a little cooler and, uh, and the fish are there. And a lot of times this time of year, like you said, the, the creeks are down, the fish have to be forced into those holes and it, uh, it makes the fishing great. So thank you, Brandon. I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. I'd like to, uh, make a little shout out to, uh, real quick. Uh, one of my sponsors, Douglas outdoors, uh, they, they're a rod, uh, manufacturer. Um, got big news this week that Bass Pro picked them up. So if anybody's interested in checking those rods out, you can uh, find them on, uh, Bass Pro's, uh, Bass Pro Shops website. Good stuff, man. That's Douglas Raj. Where are they out of? Uh, they're out of New York. Good stuff. All right, man. Well, hey, y'all check out Douglas Raj. Brandon, thank you, buddy. Look forward to talking to you again soon, man. Let's get the kayaks and get out there and get after it. Let's do it. Thank All right, you. buddy. See you. All right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. North Alabama is home to eight pictures lakes. Pickwick, Wilson, Wheeler, Weiss, Smith, Neely Henry, Lake Gunnersville, and Bear Creek Lakes. Each lake is well-stocked with a variety of fish, and in North Alabama, fishing is great year-round. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. 
The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's real-time navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at hiltonsoffshore.com. All right, guys, what a great report today. And man, uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I did bringing it to you. Man, just some great callers today. Great people, great fishermen. Uh, reach out to them, book a trip with them. Uh, you won't regret it. You're going to learn more, more than you knew when you went with them, and you're going to catch some fish, that's for sure. So that's going to be a wrap for this week's show, guys. And if you're enjoying it, as always, man, subscribe, rate, Take a minute to leave us a review wherever you listen to the podcast. If you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it each and every week. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email you the show each and every week. We make it simple for you. Hey, guys, stay safe on the water out there. Enjoy it, and we'll talk to you all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by MB Ranch King hunting blinds and feeders are built to last right here in the USA. We also offer high quality, easy to use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. And brought to you by Photonist Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. The PD Pro Series is the world's smallest and lightest night vision goggles. These ultralight, ultra-compact night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, smallest, most transparent halo, and best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. The PD Pro line consists of the PD Pro M 16mm monocular, the PD Pro B 16mm binocular, and the PD Pro Q panoramic night vision system. Photonist Defense, Masters of Darkness. And brought to you by the Alabama Marine Resources Division reminds all recreational anglers possessing gray trigger fish, greater amberjack, or red snapper that they must report these fish through snapper check before they are landed in Alabama. For more information about snapper check, please visit outdoorsalabama.com. Also brought to you by Killer Dot. Check out the best fish cleaning stations known to mankind at KillerDot.com. And brought to you by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt. Go fish. Get outdoors. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Visit them online at BucksIslands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And brought to you by BoatersList.com. Do you own your own company that needs to reach boaters, anglers, and marine enthusiasts? Sign up for free today to grow your business on BoatersList.com. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.